church. So we can be praying for them. Um, uh, just by, by the way, Josh is now Pastor Josh. He's got his, his uh, training wheels as a pastor now. So that's really exciting for the church. So we haven't, um, haven't done a presentation yet. But we will do that at some stage. We'll do a presentation and give him his, his certificate and all that. So uh, also just a few other things to look forward to. I know every year we do our one priority giving and, and uh, you sometimes think, well, haven't seen a lot happening. But we're very, very close to starting our outside renovations on the church, building a veranda, uh, levelling it out, out there and doing a bitumen car park, doing some stormwater uh, fix-ups and things like that. Because we want to make a church that is good for people to come to. So we don't have uh, um, you know, ditches in the car park every time it rains and all that kind of stuff. That we have a veranda that we can sit under and talk with each other after church and before church. So I'm really looking forward to that. So I'm hoping you'll start to see some of those changes. Work with us. Uh, continue to um, uh, pray and, and believe God for good things for this place. Because God wants to reach people. So, and those people are going to affect the future. Just like you're going to affect the future. We've got people who we don't even know yet that are going to come into the house of God just because they saw our car park fixed. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so today I'm going to be talking about uh, growing. Um, who's been part of the series so far? Part 17. This is bigger than you can imagine. Part 17. When, when I went down this track of preaching on growing, I, I thought I'd probably get four sermons, but they just keep coming. They just keep coming at me, but I don't know how far we'll get this morning, but I, uh, perhaps we'll get the whole way through, otherwise we'll have uh, Growing in Prayer Part 2, which will be handy because that would be good for you. But um, I just want to say, prayer is one of the most basic Christian disciplines, uh, yet it's misunderstood and misrepresented and even misused by believers. Uh, sometimes we don't know when, how or why to pray. So I don't think we can answer all those things this morning, but perhaps we can get our minds thinking and our spirits open to understanding prayer in a, in a new way, in a much better way. So hopefully today we can help you with that. But um, growing spiritually cannot happen completely without a healthy prayer life. I don't believe it is, it is in any way possible if you are not a prayer that you could actually be growing to the capacity that you could if you don't pray. It's a fundamental to our journey of, of discipleship to know what it is to pray. So Psalm 69 verse 13 says this, But I keep praying to you, Lord, hoping this time you'll show me favour. In your unfailing love, O God, answer my prayer with your sure salvation. So this scripture is, is just like a, a, a little capsule of what we should pray like and what prayer is. So it's not everything, but it's, it's a start point this morning. But prayer is a life discipline that turns our attention off problems and onto Jesus. So it, when we pray, we, we're taking our attention off the problem, whatever it is, or a pro, a, 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 the thing that we have, that we're facing, that we're dealing with, and we're saying, God, I'm going to put my attention on you instead. That's what prayer brings us to. If we only ate, so this is a, this is a little thing that I find. Uh, sorry, go back a bit. Prayer is as important to our spiritual growth as food is to our body. 
It's not the only thing that's important for spiritual growth, but it, it's just as important as food to our body is prayer to our spiritual growth. If we only ate in emergencies, we would be very weak, we would be sick, and we would end up dead. And if you don't pray, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you'll be weak, you'll be sick, and you'll end up dead, spiritually. So let's not treat prayer for emergency use only, like having a little box in our life that we break the glass and press the button on very rare occasions. When we get so desperate, we just go, smash the glass, press the button, like in an emergency alarm system. Prayer is not your emergency alarm system. It's your everyday communication with heaven that you need to grow and develop every day of your life. See, the funny thing is, even when we only experience those emergency kinds of prayers, God is good and he answers our prayers. We find it actually works when we do that. Even if that's our only experience, just smash the glass, press the button. I need your help right now, God. God will turn up and answer those prayers. See, sometimes we do bargains with God and we think life, prayer life and this spiritual journey is about, well, I've got, to, I've got to owe God, so I've got to prove something to God, so I'll do a bargain. And I'll say, God, if you answer my prayer, then I'll do this or I'll make sure I go to church or, or stop doing this or stop doing that. You know something, the, the power of God to bless your life is not conditional upon what you do. It's conditional upon who God is and who Jesus is and what he wants to do in your life. So the emergency prayer, we'll just, we'll just sit here for a little bit. That's when we call others to pray for us, but we haven't been praying ourselves. You know, one of those, it's those times where, where you, you think, well, you know, maybe you, you're not really that close to God as you know you ought to be, and things start to shake you, things start to rock your world. And so you think, well, I, I, I'm, I've got to get someone to help me to pray. And so you ring your friends or you go and see your pastor. Nothing wrong with these things, essentially. But if we're relying upon that, uh, rather than learning to pray ourselves, then we're missing the point of being a disciple. It's like going to hospital every few weeks to get fed when you can avoid all that by learning to eat food. So I've got to run to church. Someone pray for me. I need, I need Pastor Pauline. I need Pastor Kylie. I need someone to pray for me. Pray for me right now because I'm in trouble. But the, the, the thing is, you can go to God directly yourself and say, God, I want, I want you to help me in this. Yeah, there is a time when, when we go to others to help uh, to pray for us. That's when the real emergency is. But we're, we're just starving. And so we're going for things that aren't emergencies and we're going to the to the hospital for help when we could be feeding ourselves. There is a place for emergency prayer and that's when it's an emergency. That's when you get everyone praying. And too often we've got, we've got uh, uh, ourselves all bound up and caught up in, in things that, that God's saying, come on, just trust me in this. I want to take you by the hand and, and teach you faith. I want to take you on a journey of growth right now. So growing in prayer is an everyday relationship with Jesus. And discovering his way through whatever is in front of us, in, in front of you or in front of us. It's an everyday thing. Prayer isn't a magic wand. Some people think that God is a genie. Prayer is not a magic wand to get whatever you want. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's our relationship with God. It's a communication method. Now, communication is an amazing word because communication 
talks about or means uh, two ways. So in a, in a case of prayer, our communication is earth to heaven and heaven to earth. So we tell God what's going on. And I think one of the things that God waits for in our lives is for us to start to talk to him about what's really going on. And, and God wants to have that level of trust that he has in our life that we can say, God, I can talk to you about this. God, I'm going to give this to you. We've got to tell God what's going on. And the next part is keep our ear out for heaven's reply. So we're going to look at that a lot this morning. So prayer and the word of God, prayer and your Bible is a potent mix that will answer your life's questions, who will provide your life's needs, who will answer that hunger in your heart for spiritual truth. You'll find it when you begin to discipline yourself in prayer and start seeking God in his word for the answers. So it's a, a, a potent mix of uh, spiritual power is found in those, in those two things. So when something starts bothering you and it's deep in your spirit or in your soul, you've got to get down and pray about it. Have your Bible ready. Have your Bible handy and see how good God speaks. If you start saying, God, I need an answer. God, I need to know what you want me to do. Should I take this? Should I not take this? Should I go there? Should I not go there? These questions of life can be answered when you start to say, God, I'm going to tell you about this and I want to hear what you want me to do. And when you have yourself ready and primed with the, with the word of God nearby, it's amazing how good God is at speaking. It works because it includes the Jesus factor. And Jesus wants to have his factor in our life every day. So when you're praying for healing, this is how you do it. You say, God, I'm sick in my body. Or, or there's someone in your family sick and you're praying. You say, God, I need healing right now. You've got to say, you've got to find healing scriptures. And you've got to start to claim those scriptures. You've got to start saying, well, God, what does your word say about healing? And these days there's so many easy ways. I cheat all the time now. My preaching preparation is, is literally cut in half because there's a thing called uh, Bible Gateway. And you just put in any subject and it, it, it gives you the scripture references. So get it on your computer and, and, and use it. It's, it's, it's fantastic. So every single Bible that was ever, um, version that's ever written on there, it's just a fantastic resource that you can, you can say, well, God, I need to know about healing. You just, you just put healing and God, uh, not God, the, the Bible Gateway program will give you every place, every reference. It's much better than, a, than a, one of those other things we used to use, a concordance. Uh, throw that away, you don't need it anymore. Until there's no power and then you can't preach anymore. <clears throat> if you're praying for money problems, I got stuck when the blackout was on, I tell you. We got a, the, the, the concordance came back. When you're praying for money problems, you've got to find scriptures about God's blessing and claim them. When it comes to money, there's so much misinformation, so, so much wrong that believers have uh, ad adopted into their walk with God. And it's totally wrong. God wants to bless people. God wants you to be generous. And you can't be generous if you've got nothing to give. God wants his church to be generous. God created the church to be the, the center of blessing in the world. And so often, because the church has got a distorted, dysfunctional uh, attitude towards God and our finance, that we're not blessing the church. So the church 
is, is distorted and stunted in that area. And I want One Heart Church to be a place of blessing, a place of grace, a place of giving. And, we, and you know, hopefully God will stir in our hearts about that. So we've got a money problem. Find scriptures about God's blessing and claim them. Say, God, I want to see that in my life. So pray for salvations. We need to find scriptures on how God loves people. And we've got to claim people into the kingdom of God. That's one good prayer that God will always be listening to is when we start saying, God, it's not just about my, my needs, my, my wants, my, my hurts and my, my issues, but I'm praying about the world that you love and about the people, the friends, my relatives, my family who are away from God. When you start praying into that, then I tell you, God's ear is listening. So... Here's a discovery. God honours his word. So when you find a word scripture that you can claim, remind God in your prayer what his word says. So if you said, you know, God, you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. You say, God, I might be feeling lonely right now. But your word says. And when you start to, when you start to apply the word to your praying, you'll find that, that your praying starts to, to, to have traction like an excavator, not only with its tracks that have great traction, but I, I used to love watching excavators when I worked on, on construction with, with their front bucket. They can drag themselves out of anything because they've got the traction going of the Word of God in their life. Then they've got their, their bucket you know, clawing their way through the mud and the mire. It's awesome fun. Anyway, that's a free one there. But in the word for you today, who, who reads the word for today or the word for today? Get your hands that, that resource. It's another fantastic tool that you can use to let God disciple yourself in, in following him. In the word for today, this morning, it, it, it says this. Through prayer, you can call the forces of heaven into any situation, anywhere, anytime, for anybody. So it's time to move beyond our bless me prayers and start claiming bigger things for God. So and I, I started preparing this message before I read that this morning, but I had to put that in because I think it was a great confirmation for me. So um, prayer is also um, a great element, I, I should say, in, in, prepara uh, in preparation for ministry. That's what I'm trying to say. So there's many people who go through life and, and there's... There's like times where you feel a burden on your life and you're thinking, God is speaking to me. God is calling me to something. So prayer is the launch pad of ministry. If we're not ready to pray, we're not ready to carry the call of God in ministry. So one of the things I've noticed in the lives of many people that God calls into ministry is a burden to pray. Luke 5 verse 16. It says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness... For prayer. Now, if Jesus needed to do that, then I know that we need to do that. And we need to, we need to discover that place of connection, that place of int intimacy with God. Now, one of the things that I, I, I used to do in trying to teach young people about prayer when I was a youth pastor, and I'd do a message like this, I'd get the drummer to, to get up on the drums, and I'd say, now, I'd get two people who know each other well. I'd say, I'd probably get uh, Pastor Kylie and Amy, who, who's mother and daughter, and I'd say, now, sit on uh, or stand on both sides of the stage here and we'll get the drummer to, to, to play something real nice and loud and, and Kylie, you talk to Amy and Amy, you talk to Kylie and then uh, at the end of it, when all that noise is going, tell us what you said. 
Tell us something that you even know about each other. And they'll go, I don't know. Didn't know what they were saying because there's too much external noise coming at you. And what, what prayer does when we start to discipline ourselves to get away from distractions, we start to hear what God is saying. We're talking to God and God is talking to us. And we need to find that place that, that, that uh, blocks out the clutter of life. Jesus prayed alone, but he lived with people where he activated his ministry. And I think it's a big mistake where we think, well, I'm going to be so spiritual with my life. I'm going to spend my life on the mountaintop. I'm going to spend my life in, in, a, in, a, in a isolation so that God can speak to me. And you'll have great revelation. You'll have great intimacy with God. And that's great for you. But God has a greater purpose. And that is for you to minister the good things of God to a hurting and dying world. Is that all right? See, Jesus was alone to pray in isolation and he was giving us a pattern to follow. We need time on the mountaintop, so to speak. It's not a literal thing, but we need time on the mountaintop with God so that he can fill us with the Spirit so that then when we come down to be with people that we bring the presence of God with us. See, God is relying on you to bring the presence of God into your situation, into your world. It's about cutting out the clutter Cutting out the noise because praying is a conversation, a dialogue. And while God wants uh, to hear you, he also wants you to hear him. And that's the bit where, where we often miss it. So if you're an emerging leader here today, whoever that might relate to, or you're, you're feeling like, you know, I know there's something more in me. There's a stirring that goes on from time to time in my life where I just get these, these, this sort of, in a feeling that God is calling me to something or God wants me to do something, then I'd say today that's you. You're a, call yourself an emerging leader. Um, you'll do well to develop a prayer strategy in your life. And I'll give you three keys if you sense a call to God upon your life to put into place that will, that will uh, launch you, springboard you and carry you through into where God wants you to be. So number one is pray a lot. Get alone with God and you'll often have a sense of loneliness when you have a, a, a call of God upon your life. You'll have a sense of no one understands this, this depth of what God wants to do in me. And you'll have a loneliness as you grapple with the call of God. But you know what? You'll often want to find <clears throat> others who, who share that burden and pray with. I know when I was a youth pastor at Mount Barker, I'd have these times where I'm just thinking, I've, I've just got to walk along the railway line um, from in front of our house and I'd walk you know, for two or three kilometres and just praying to God and saying, God, I want to see a move of your spirit among young people here. God, I want to see people know Jesus. Lord, I'm praying for, 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 for this one and I'm praying for that one. And if only they could see your purpose for their life. And I'd just be crying out to God. But I felt this loneliness, like there's no one else carrying this burden. And then after time, uh, I, I met Tim Howard, uh, another youth pastor from, from Mount Barker, and we would get together and we'd, we'd stay outside in church car parks and, and just be praying, God, will you do a move among young people? And, and it was just so good to um, finally have someone to pray with who shared the same burden for that same place. The second thing, I've already mentioned this, you've got to read your Bible, read the Word. Because you redefine your values and life direction when you start to uh, balance yourself according to the Word of God. Maybe even imbalance yourself. The people, I think, who God really 
uh, pours his power into are people who are totally unbalanced when it comes to the word of God. So that has more, that has more weight than everything else. That has more weight than what the wife says. Well, that has more weight than what, than what the kids at school say. That has more weight than what the bank manager says. That has more weight than what whoever says, the doctor says. Thank you for helping me there. Number three, serve others. See, God wants to build you so you can build others. Find yourself a team and get on a team and serve. Um, serve in church. Find a place where you can, where you can serve others because it's, it, you might think, well, it's only just, you know, only just doing a vacuum here and there. Well, how could God ever use that? God will see that sowing and he'll pour other things into you and he'll, he'll grow you in that. So if you commit yourself to these disciplines and stick to it, God will do the promoting in your life. I, I don't know if it's possible to carry a sustained, fruitful ministry without a burden to pray. I don't think it is possible. And you might think, well, you know, scratch your head, you see, boy, there's been plenty, plenty of people better than me that have gone into ministry, but they didn't last. They've gone into but, you know, department leaders, pastor churches, um, uh, done all sorts of amazing things, but they didn't last. And I think that the only defining point, the only difference is they didn't discipline themselves in the, in the connection with God on a daily, a daily time. So you've got to learn to pray. I'll say that again. I don't know if it's possible to carry a sustained, fruitful ministry without a burden to pray. And one of the things that I think is really important, a lot of people have a lot to say about church. And we hear a lot of voices about church, all, you know, the, all the different things that, that people are... There's so many experts in church about everything, about how to evangelise, about how to run a meeting, how, how to have lights or not have lights, how to, how to you know, paint a wall. All, there's so many experts about every part of church life. But you know the experts that we need to listen to is the people who are hearing things spiritually, the people who are seeing things that can't be seen, the people who are knowing things that can't be known. We need, as people in church, you need to be saying, well, God, I want to I get around people who are, who are seeing things that I can't see, who are speaking things that, that they couldn't even know because it's a spiritual deposit that comes into their life because they've been spending their time with God. We need to, we need to be aware of these things and, and be that person who's spending time with God and helping others. So prayer ultimately is conversation with Jesus. It's a trap to say a lot, but not listen a lot. You may have heard someone say this, or maybe you've even said it yourself. God, you didn't answer my prayer. People have said that to me. I've tried that, tried it God's way. He didn't answer my prayer. Mm. Hang on. Hold on to your seats right now. Because I bet there was an answer. Turn to someone and say, I bet there was an answer. Get ready to catch this. There was an answer. But we just talked right over it. Because in our praying, we're telling God, we need this answer. God, we need you to do this. God, I need you to do it like this. And God, if only you'll, you'll see that, that, that this is the need. And God, if you'll only do it like this. And we're talking, God's going... Uh, uh, I, 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 
And he's saying, if you just turn to my word and hear what I'm saying, you'll see the answer. So you can't say God didn't answer your prayer. Ooh, you can't say God didn't answer your prayer unless you said, God, I need an answer. And God, what does your word say? I feel a little bit coming. I bet there was an answer. We just talked right over it. So when you're praying, you've got to give yourself time to listening. And the Holy Spirit speaks today. The Holy Spirit will speak now. The Holy Spirit will speak into your need. He'll speak into your, into your future. you just got to, be, you've got to be saying, God, I don't want to speak over what you're saying. Because we can speak right over it and miss, and miss it. Philippians 4 verse 6. I love this scripture. Because I know personally it came to me at a time when I was thinking, God, I need an answer. God, I need an answer. I don't know what to do. There's no answer anymore. I can't logically see a way through this situation. And then I prayed and I got down in... It was here in, in Port Lincoln. I got down in my office at home and I prayed and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't, don't know the answer. All, all the plans that I thought I could pull together, they're not going to work because of this and that. I opened my Bible and, and you know, it's not always the, the best way, but it worked this day. Philippians 4 verse 6, when I opened my Bible, it said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Oh, See, our human instinct will tell us to run when we're scared. That's what I'm thinking. I'll, I'll just run away now. Don't know. I've got the answer. I'll run. Human instinct will tell us to fight when you're threatened. Human instinct will tell us to cheat when we're losing. The Spirit says pray about everything. Don't do what, the, do, don't do what your instinct says. just want to move on. I didn't know how it would go for time, but we seem to have time. Shall I keep going? All righty. I want to tackle a little thing about praying when bad stuff happens. Because one of the things, especially Pentecostals, we're not good at dealing with the bad stuff that happens. But we've got to learn to trust in God and recognize and realize once and for all, bad stuff's going to happen. Doesn't, it's not about you know, God punishing us. It's about the fallen world in which we live. God doesn't want to punish you. He wants to grow you and build you and give you the best life. But sometimes, because we live in a fallen world and we have a fallen nature, bad stuff is going to come. So um, the big ticket question that we often ask is, why is God doing this to me? Or why is God letting this happen? So prayers can get offensive toward God. This is where I mean like offensive. Last night I was, I was in the offensive. I was at home yesterday afternoon, thought everyone was out. I think there's no one else home except for me, I thought. And I heard some noise at the other end of the house. I'm thinking, there's a noise at the other end of the house. And then you're on alert. There is a noise at the other end of the house. And then I went up the hallway and I saw somebody or a body go from one bedroom to another. And I thought, I did see that. So I went up the hallway and I'm thinking... Then I was, I was halfway up and thought, I should have got something. Like a, I was thinking, what was handy? And I, I thought in my mind, a water bottle. A wa I should have had a water bottle, a glass bottle. But then I went up to the door, I saw the, the, the body go in, 
And I was just about around the corner and I thought, I'll just put my dukes up, just in case. And then it was Carmel and I was like, feeling really awkward and a bit funny. She says, what? Like, But sometimes our prayers can get offensive toward God. When we feel like, God, you've got to get me out of here. God, this has to be a mistake. Uh, God, I haven't done anything wrong. God, I don't deserve this. And sometimes we, we, we've got to, um, I guess, avoid that, that, that mistake of being offensive toward God. So please listen now. We can't allow ourselves to go down the road of being offended at God for things that people do or what life throws at us. And so often people are ditching God, ditching church, ditching fellowship, uh, ditching friendships, ditching relationships, all because they're thinking, but God, why did you let this happen to me? We can't let that offence get, get at us. We don't and won't understand when life is downright nasty and people are unfair. Now, just one little tip here. People can be hazardous to life. Trust me. But when you're in that place, direct your attention and your prayers to God who will get you out of there. God will get you out of there. There's so many stories in the Bible. Just look at the story of Joseph. God got him out of there. We won't go there this morning. But always remember the thing that looks like the biggest ever kick in the guts is the very thing that God will use to position you for his purpose. So you might, you might have got knocked, you might have got kicked, you might have got hurt. But when you start to say, God, I want to turn to you in my hurt, I want to turn to you in my disappointment, when you bring that to Jesus then you know what? He can reposition you. And you think, you know, if I never went through that, I would never be where I am today. I would never be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have that, that kick in my life. I want us to look at Hannah. The story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Uh, altogether, it's verses 2 to 15 if you're taking notes. But Hannah, here's a, a, a woman, and the name Hannah means grace or favour. I mean, it's almost like a word that says, you're going to be blessed. And she's got this name over her life that she's going to be blessed. But she has a, a time in her life where she's, she's praying a desperate prayer, a desperation prayer that um, a woman who through no fault of her own had a double whammy of bad over her life. Although her name meant favour, she was at a point where she wasn't feeling it. And sometimes we can be blessed. We can know that we're blessed. But we go through seasons. We go through the valley. We go through the drought. We go through the hard time where we know what God says. But we're saying, you know what? Right now, I'm just not feeling it. And that's a normal part of life. And Hannah finds herself in this place where her name is blessed, but she's not feeling it right now. 1 Samuel 1 verse 2 says this. This is a little background to the story. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah, who we're talking about, 
and Penina or Penina. I'll say Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. And in a way, Hannah has a problem that could be attributed to God. She could be saying, well, God, why have you made me like this? Why is it so hard for me? Penina, the other wife, she, she has children, but I can't. I'm not, I'm not able to. I can't do a normal thing. Sometimes we, we go through seasons like that where we think, God, why did you make me like this? Move on to 1 Samuel 1.7. It says, year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. And you know, that's a, that's a picture, as I saw, as, as I tried to show you earlier, prayer is like eating. And it says she got so down that she stopped eating. And sometimes when we're going through those valleys of hard times where we can't understand it, that we can stop our prayer life. That's what can stop first. So here she is, she's saying, well, you know what, I'm feeling so down, I feel so bad about myself, I'm just not even going to eat. So everything is distorted. And we've got to avoid that trap that when we go through those seasons that we don't stop praying. So it says, um, so if, if we put this into context, this little, that little verse, it would be like, say for us, a, a celebration, we would understand like every Easter, the family would go to church and Hannah would feel the pressure from the other woman in that situation. 1 Samuel 1 verse 9 goes on. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Now, in our moments of hurting and frustration, turn to God and pray. That's what Hannah did. Eli the priest totally misreads the situation and accuses her of being drunk. 1 Samuel 1.15, we pick up the story again and she says, Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. She's praying with a, with a urgency. She's praying with a, with a um, despair in her heart. So here's the lesson. She's very discouraged. Nowhere else to turn. So she turns to God and she prays. And I want to tell you something, that's a good turn. That's a good turn to make. Because from that prayer of desperation, God gave her a son who went, out, went on to be one of the greatest prophets ever. His name is Samuel. It is often the case, the things that haven't come easily, that, that you have to fight for in prayer, have great purpose and great destiny attached. God will seek you to birth his promises when you turn and pray desperately to God. And I wanna, I'd love to see a church that, that has a desperation factor all the time because not everything is going to come easily. Not everything is going to come without a fight. And sometimes God is looking for the person who is going to get down on their knees and keep praying it through, keep the believing God through the circumstances that says nothing is ever going to change. So right now, if it seems that things that you, that, that seem easy for everyone else, but not for you, it's not easy for you. The word of the Lord for you today is be encouraged because God wants to hear your prayer. 
The word of the Lord for you today is turn in your discouragement to the living God. Some people you might have, you might have things spoken over your life by doctors and specialists and, and others that have said, well, this is what it is and, and, and this is the condition. You know what? You need to turn to God. Because I know if Hannah went to the doctor, the doctors would say, well, this is your condition and this is the reason why. And this, this is, there's nothing that can be done because this is just what you are. This is just what you've been given. And, and we, need to, we need to start to turn and say, well, God, I, I know what the doctors say. I know what the specialists are saying, but I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to pray it through. Be encouraged today to turn to God and pray it through. Be encouraged today about growing in your prayer life. We're going to, why don't we stand to our feet this morning? And I'm going to take some time here today. We've got plenty of time this morning. And I'm going to ask people to respond like, like what Hannah did. Because Hannah didn't just sit in the, in the, in the back of the, the tabernacle that day. She didn't just find herself a seat at the back. It says that Eli was, was at his place. Uh, what would it say? Um, uh, Eli was at his customary place customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle and and she comes into the tabernacle and she she's seen to be to be praying she's saying god i'm so desperate right now that i need i need you to do something i need to take away this barrenness in my life this hurt this pain she's crying out to god so this morning we're going to take the time to let you pray and i want you to listen because god wants you to hear so what we're going to do, hopefully you've got your Bibles here today. It's important to have your Bible with you in, in church because God can speak to you in, in such a great way. If you haven't got a Bible and you use a, an iPad or an iPhone or a whatever, your Samsung Galaxy, then get it out. Some of you are going to come out the front. It's going to be a breakthrough moment in your life today, this morning, because the Holy Spirit is going to meet you and He's going to take the burden off you today. Maybe you've never had a habit of praying before. Maybe you thought, well, you know, I, I do the quick, you know, I, I pray all the time. You know, that's okay. But when you pray all the time like that, that, that's a good zone to live in. But you also can miss the subtle things that God wants you to hear. So when you're saying, God, I, need, I want to do like Jesus did. I want to give myself that, that special time, that special place. So I can be filled up with the Spirit of God. So I can make a change in the world. So I can sustain the ministry. I want to pray for those today who feel a burden of the call of God upon your life. You may know what that call is or you may not, but I want to see you pray that through this morning. So we're going to sing something this morning. And as we sing, you do business with, the, with God right now. Some of you are going to need to say, Holy Spirit, I need to, I, I need to commit myself to praying. Because many people go from month to month, week to week, and they don't really do it. God's saying, I want to put a burden upon somebody. I want to put a burden upon some people. This is open up here today. If you, if you, if you want to come on down here and kneel before God, um, you're going to pray this morning. I'll, I'll pray alongside you, but I'm not going to be praying for you. I'll pray with you, but not for you. I'll just lay my hands on you and see what God tells me. But you know what? God's going to tell you something clear and strong. If you've been dry, if you've been hurting, if you've been feeling like, you know, I feel a burden, but I don't know what to do with it. And then 
then you need to submit that to the Holy Spirit today and say, God, I want you to, to, to clarify that in my mind. I want, I want that clarified in my spirit today. So why don't you come as we sing? And the Holy Spirit's going to do some significant things today in our spirits and in our church and in our lives.